Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast show. This is your host, your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and mindset coach, KB. On the Just Being Honest podcast show, we are dedicated to educate the public about how to live a purely toxic-free lifestyle. By eliminating and dramatically reducing the use of many products and lifestyle threats that contain these harmful ingredients that often bombard our life in a mysterious manner, we too can all as a collective whole become healthier and mentally wealthier. So join me on the ride. We're getting deep. So no joke, it was literally hailing about 10 minutes ago, and now the skies are blue and clear. I see snow on the mountains over there. Guys, I don't know what time of year it is. (laughs) Like, is spring coming? Is it still winter? Who knows? Anyways, all I know is that the temperature is dropping here in Santa Barbara, and I'm not liking it. I have so much to do inside. So it's actually probably a good thing that I have to kind of like cuddle up, but it's not fun with the pups or if kids are stuck inside. Um, You feel me? Vibes. Yeah. So our next conversation that I want to have today, well, basically it's a conversation I'm having with y'all and it is something that is kind of very close to me, um, like many of the topics that I talk about on the show. But I mean, as of lately, I've have been having, yes, some gut issues. I mean, who doesn't like lead with their gut, right? All of their emotions stemming from their anxieties. As you heard in the last episode, I think you heard that I did have, oh, sorry, of course, I just hit my mic. Um, that I did have a panic attack recently, but I feel like we are totally back in this rat race of emotions, schedules, expectations, um, and sometimes we put it upon ourselves, um, that guilt, that shame, it just comes back, whatever we're going through. So I want to talk about that today. And And I want to jump into another episode later about self-care, but the gut, the brain connection, I love talking about those things, but also the topic of depression. I'm going to touch on it a little lighter, maybe heavier, you know, down in the rest of the year to come, but I just want to touch on it because, you know, the gut and depression do go hand in hand in general. Um, especially I think I want to focus on that, that kind of, you know, headlight, right. That's staring at all of us, you know, when we're driving by it in the roads, um, especially young teens too, um, young adults. I mean, we can all kind of like incorporate this topic, but I think it's really, really apparent to me that, young teenage females, whomever they associate themselves with, you know, I know the plural action is a real thing this time of life. Um, But so whatever you associate yourself with that, that's great. But 
you know, I have been kind of following along this woman and I'm really inspired by what she's kind of putting out there to the public and in regards to just mental health, mental health advocacy. I'm a huge mental health advocate. I know when we talk about depression or even gut health, when something's off with our body, when we don't feel right, when we don't feel our best and whole, it can certainly be debilitating. Am I right? I know I deal with it with my autoimmune, when my fingers don't work, when I can't even walk, it's debilitating. So I wanted to share just a couple of facts perhaps, but if we start off, you know, and I may jump back and forth and kind of retouch back into some things, but if we kind of, you know, look at this, um, this whole thing about depression, right? This whole thing about struggling with depression. And um, did you know, did you know that depression is actually your body screaming for help? Like it really is. There's so many signs. There's so many symptoms. And there's so many root causes that it could be, right? It could be, I mean, amongst the thousand things that it could be, you know, you could be low on vitamin D. You could be um, not able to readily absorb most B vitamins. You could be lacking in magnesium, low in omega-3s. You could have thyroid issues, hormonal issues, estrogen dominance, cortisol imbalance. I mean, seriously, the list goes on and on. Mitochondrial dysfunction. You know, you could be in severe lack of certain amino acids. You could have too low of cholesterol, inflammation. Your digestion, you know, going back to that gut could be off and it could be not absorbing the nutrients that you need. You could have food intolerances, autoimmune diseases, adrenal issues. Your detox pathways could be needing a little more support, a little more boost. You know, going back to that gut, that gut lining could be resulting in a gut dysbiosis, which I'm going to go into a little bit further. You could have heavy metals within it, within you. You could have the MTHFR gene, which is a genetic factor. You could have mold or parasites within you, candida or other yeast overgrowths. You could be struggling with severe trauma or trapped emotions, right? Mm, that's a big one. Trauma brain. Um, you could have, you know, some maybe some energy work needs to be recalibrated on your body, right? Make that connection whole again. Um, of course, everything goes back to lifestyle factors, right? Like not enough sleep or too much stress, right? How are you dealing with that? You know, because then that causes, you know, you going into too much isolation, lack of communication, right? Maybe you're becoming avoidant. Maybe you have too many pharmaceutical drugs on you that are just piling up. Those could be affecting your health. Maybe it could be as simple as going back to that spiritual connection. Am I right? Yeah. So there are so many things, but your body 
is always, at times, big or little, screaming for health. Okay? (laughs) Screaming for help. Screaming for health and help. Oh my gosh, that was a beautiful Freudian slip right there. So, my question is to you. Amongst everything, my role, I keep hitting my mic. I'm sorry, it's just going to happen today. But my role is to educate you guys, right? Give you tools for your toolbox, applicable takeaways, right? What if we educated more about depression, right? And that there are actually things that can contribute to it. There are things that can lessen it. There is healing and there is help out there. I want you guys all to listen to me. There are many different forms of treatment that can help you. I want to remind you, this is not an overnight fix. It really isn't. It's going to take time, discipline, dedication, right? Commitment, all those words, right? And you're going to have to put in the work. And I want to really stress this, but every body is different. Not one body is the same, right? We are all different. We all have different needs. So I want to share, because I was mentioning at the top that, you know, young teens, right? Girls especially. I remember growing up as a teenage girl. It was not easy. (laughs) It was not easy. Um, I can't even imagine what they're going through these days. But... There's some new data out there from the CDC that was just released this month. And it states that nearly three in five, that's 57% of U.S. teen girls felt persistently sad or hopeless in 2021, which is nearly 60% of an increase and the highest level reported over the past decade. Okay, yeah, just really marinate on that one. So, man, I could go everywhere here. But when we talk about one that is struggling with depression, right? There are things that you can try yourself before diving into harder drugs if it is not needed, okay? Some people need uh, more of a chemical chemical balance on that side. My father is clinically depressed. He has been my whole life, right? He needs to be on his medication. So that's different than maybe situ- situational depression. But then again, even if you are clinically depressed, I personally believe you can still put in the effort and the work, right? So that being doing an elimination diet to lower inflammation. Yes. The next one, adding fruits and veggies to each meal, more fiber, probiotic rich foods for the gut. That's kimchi, kefir, sauerkrauts right? Reducing sugar and artificial ingredients. Yes. Increasing sunlight exposure each day. Yes. 
height makes a huge difference. Daily exercise, movement. So try not to think of it as exercise in a whole, but movement. Move your body. Get out of that sedentary lifestyle, okay? Very important. Get that blood moving. Get it going to your brain. Cold showers and cold plunges. Even if you want to do a cryotherapy session, it's hard to find a good one in the areas, a full oxygen one, but I love cryotherapy. Cold showers, cold plunges, cryotherapy. Even if you're jumping into a cold pool, still does the trick, okay? I know I do it. (laughs) Using the sauna or red light therapy. Love it. Getting at least seven to nine hours of sleep at night and maintaining that. Um, And with that being said, having a sleep time, a bedtime hygiene, like going to bed hygiene, good hygiene, right? Say it again, hygiene, hygiene, hygiene. So a nice routine, turning out the lights, right? Okay, well, before that, dimming the lights, right? Turning on candles. That's kind of where I meant to go. Turning off the TV, turning off screens, at least one hour. Would love two hours before bed. Turning on candles, reading a magazine, reading a book, journaling by candlelight, right? Drinking a cup of tea, taking a bath, right? Listening to a book, reading a book, you know, all of those things. Sleep hygiene. How you set up your evenings is how your mornings and the next day is going to play out. Mm. The next, and then that will in turn bring it on to the next one, which is managing stress. You will be better equipped, better have tools in your toolbox to manage stress. Okay. And when you can manage the stress better, you can get rid of toxins better, right? Your body's going to do a better elimination. Oof, we all know that. When I'm stressed, I can feel it in my stomach. My stomach hurts, you know, I can't breathe very well. So my body's not doing a good job of regulating itself. So how do we get rid of those toxins and endocrine disruptors from then on out? Mm. Um, from then on out, I mean, like one suggestion I would off the bat, that was a nice dramatic pause, wasn't it? I had to think for a second. But clearing out the clutter of your cleaning, your beauty products, um, all of those items that you're thinking about. Taking supplements like turmeric, B vitamins, as I mentioned before, vitamin D, probiotics, magnesium, etc., etc., all the things going on. So with that being said with this, um, you know, you want to make sure the integrity of your supplements is clean. I'm not talking about just going down to any drugstore and picking something up off the shelf and also how you take your supplements, right? What time of day and um, around meals or not. That's super, super important because in the end, you could just be peeing out money. (laughs) Seriously. Um, and I always like saying and supporting working with a practitioner, a professional counselor, um, your healers, right? Who are your healers? Do you have someone that does acupuncture, lymphatic work, um, 
Do you need to get colonic work done? I don't know. Do you have a therapist? Um, massage? Anything that is going to fill your cup a little bit more and just help you get into that rest and digest phase. Okay? Yes. Um, yeah. So, y'all, um, I want to move on to gut dysbiosis. Okay? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the gut and bacterial dysbiosis being the root of your gut issues. Because I just was mentioning about the gut and the brain depression going hand in hand. But the gut is a huge role. And this might be a part one of a part two. But I was super inspired by Dr. Will Cole. He wrote a recent article and he is, if you're not familiar with him, he is also a great author. And um, I'm actually very interested in reading his new book. So when I do, I'll probably share a little bit more, but it's called Gut Feelings. But um, some things I just kind of want to jump into, and then I'll go into a full episode about this. But Basically, what is bacterial dysbiosis, right? Dysbiosis sounds so scientifically like connected, right? Um, So supercharged. But your microbiome is a delicate ecosystem of various microbial species that live in absolute harmony, right? They're working together to keep you healthy and thriving. But unfortunately... You know, when we talk about especially depression and other, you know, mental illnesses that people are struggling with, medication comes into play. And medication can definitely be overused in our society, right? Particularly antibiotics, right? These can wipe out populations of good bacteria as well as the bad bacteria, bugs, right? Stress poor quality of foods, right? All of these things can disrupt this essential balance of bacteria. So as a result, the bad bugs can actually start to replicate and grow, crowding out beneficial bacteria and causing an imbalance in the gut bacteria. And this imbalance is also known as bacterial dysbiosis. Voila, there you go. Boom. Um, I'm pretending I'm Italian. I'm going to Italy in May, so follow along. Oh, you're gonna love it. Um, so I just keep talking about or talking like an Italian. I try to talk like an Italian. I hope I'm not offending anyone. But um <laughs> let's just get back to the episode. Anyways, common types of bacterial dysbiosis. There are thousands of different strains of bacteria, okay? So let's just touch on some of them. There are numerous ways your gut can become imbalanced with an overgrowth of harmful bacteria, okay? However, there are few types of bacterial imbalances that are much more common than others. So let's, uh, let's jump in, right? SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. SIBO, 
it's um starting to become more and more common, right? But this basically happens when bacteria in the large intestine overgrows into the small intestine. And this occurs when a process called the migrating motor complex goes crazy, like everything goes scattered. So normally when you're not eating, typically in between meals or during those extended fasting periods, bacteria in the small intestine move down into the large intestine where most bacterias live. So when this process isn't working as well it should, bacteria that are meant to migrate down instead stay and replicate. They replicate, right? And they replicate in the small intestine where they don't belong. So when this happens, it can lead to a wide variety of digestive problems, such as irritable bowel syndrome, bloating, and even acid reflux. And this then in turns into mental health issues like bad anxiety, the brain fog, all these things can occur, right? And think about if you really built that up over time. Yeah, the compound interest would not be fun. Okay, can turn into certainly a depressive state. So, candida overgrowth. Candida overgrowth. Um, Let's kind of jump more into this. Candida overgrowth refers to the most common type of yeast in the human gastrointestinal system. And ideally, candida occurs in small amounts in our entire digestive tract as part of an overall healthy myco, I said myco, not myco, mycobiome balance. And the prefix myco actually correlates with the fungal species, right? The fungal species, which the mycobiome are the fungal species that are part of the microbiome. Yes, science hat is totally on. And sometimes, however, things can get really, really like whacked out of balance. And often at times there is a decrease in beneficial bacteria, such as when someone is taking that stream of antibiotics or is on a high sugar diet, which you don't have to be on, folks. Mm-hmm. So getting off sugar can certainly help all in all. And this allows the candida to grow out of control. This can also create an environment where other opportunistic bacteria, other yeasts, and parasites, God, I can't talk today, can take over and wreak havoc on your physical and mental health. Am I right? So again, before I just want to reiterate what some signs and symptoms of bacterial dysbiosis can come kind of looking like so you can take note for yourself. You know, your gut influences so many areas of your health. So symptoms of bacterial dysbiosis aren't, are not limited to gut dysfunction. And here are some of the most common signs and symptoms. 
as I mentioned before, acid reflux and anxiety, but also bad breath, bloating, constipation, depression, diarrhea, fatigue, gas, poor cognitive function or brain fog, skin problems, right? Acne, rashes, eczema, maybe psoriasis. So those are just some symptoms, but testing for bacterial dysbiosis, you can do things like the SIBO breath test. You can do a comprehensive stool analysis test. You can do an organic acids test. My thing before I even think about going further into these subjects is talk with your practitioner. Mention these items, right? <coughs> Typically, naturopaths are only going to be the main source that can provide these things. But it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way to start. Okay. So even ask your mainstream practitioner just to see what they say. I'd be curious if, if they're like even going to give these to you. Um, all right. So there's also ways that you can treat the bacterial dysbiosis. And I just kind of want to jump into a couple of them because they're really, really well known. Okay. That being sugar. The second one being alcohol. The third one being processed and prepackaged foods. Okay, let's go back to sugar. Okay, because we all know that if you cut these things out, the cells that line your intestinal intestinal tract can actually regenerate themselves. And cells actually regenerate every two to three weeks. So it is possible. A little bit of change can go a huge way. You can feel so much better. Sugar. This is the, I mean, like the perfect fuel for the fire for bad bacteria, including yeast overgrowth, such as candida. So if you cut it out, you are well above the curve. Alcohol. It is one of the biggest sabotaging like demons out there when it comes to gut feeling, you know, in full connection with itself. So the first thing with this is that it leads to microbiome issues and exacerbates a whole slew of things when it comes to leaky gut. And research has actually suggested that it can increase intestinal permeability and cause inflammation in other organs, including the brain, okay? So another study published in um, the publication Scientific Reports showed that people who drank a few times a week had lower total brain volume in early to middle age, which is basically people from 39 to 45 years old. I had to think was early to middle age. But this is associated with brain fog, poor memory, mood changes, and other neurological symptoms impacting the gut-brain connection. Yeah. That in a whole could like make you just take a break, right? And then the next one I wanted to point out there was processed and prepackaged foods. So at least most of them lack the essential nutrients that the gut bacteria needs in order to flourish, right? 
fiber, especially prebiotic fiber, which is the food that your that your bacteria actually eats, right? So you can think of fiber as a type of fertilizer for your good gut bacteria. You know, the ones that help regulate the nervous system and produce neurotransmitters. And this type of dietary fiber is suggested more slowly, excuse me, suggested and digested more slowly by your body and acts as a source of food for your gut's healthy bacteria so that they can multiply, right? It's all like math here, right? Habit stacking these little guys. Highly processed foods, which are generally low in fiber and prebiotic fiber, are associated with bad gut microbes, which is linked to negative health markers and the offsets that come with that. And there was one study that was published that showed that participants who consumed fewer than three sources of fruits and vegetables daily had 24% higher odds of diagnosis of anxiety disorder, right? Oh my gosh. I mean, I could go so much further and I am in a later episode, but to keep the integrity of your time intact, I'm going to just end up with um, a couple of easy functional medicine takeaways for your homework, right? So um, herbals. I love herbs. I love spices. I love antimicrobials. Anything that can help me do a detox, a cleanse, a restart. So your takeaway for today is cat's claw, oregano, and podiarco right? Those are some great herbals to kind of incorporate in your life, right? Um, I would test them on small amounts just to see how they work with you in your body. Probiotics and then taking postbiotics like butyrate, right? Getting a good source of that. And then incorporating binders such as activated charcoal and zeolite. Of course, following up with those with large amounts of water. Okay. Cool. Guys, there we go. We did a short and sweet one. Well, actually, I think we're pretty much on time. But, you know, that definitely jumps more into, you know, emotional health, which is that enteric nervous system. We can talk about that. I mean, we have so many episodes about that. But we can really deep dive a little bit more. If you are interested in hearing further about this subject, please jump over to my Instagram and DM me at justbeanhonestkb. Remember, bean has no G, so it's B-E-I-N. And um, head on over to Apple iTunes. Please, please, please. I would love your support and growth. Let me know that you love this show, that you want to hear more of me, you want to hear more of these subjects. Please give me a five-star rating, send in a comment and a review, and I am happy, happy to help fill your cup. So until next time, guys, it has been an honor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Stay well, stay healthy, and remember, you're doing your best and your best is great. Don't you love that? My 10-year-old bonus son. Bonus son. I only have one son. Little guy. Uh, well, well, 
I have two stepsons. Anyways, that's another story. But um, yeah, he says that. And thanks, Nolan Dax. You're inspiring all of us. All right. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Peace, love, ciao.